Hello and welcome to Plan B, a podcast about all the latest news and updates related to citizenship by investment by CS Global Partners, a global legal government advisory and marketing firm. My name is Aisha Mohammed and I'm your host. In our last episode, we spoke with Annika Soderland, one of the legal assistants at CS Global Partners. Annika walked us through the details of Dominica and St. Kitts and Nevis's due diligence procedures, which are considered the cornerstones of their citizenship by investment programs. You can catch up on that episode and others by subscribing to Plan B on Spotify or iTunes. You can also find an episode breakdown on our website at www.csglobalpartners.com under the resources section or by following CS Global Partners on YouTube. Make sure to stay tuned until the end of this episode as we share just how the world's first passports came into existence. On today's show, we'll be talking to Micah Emmett, the CEO of CS Global Partners and the editor-in-chief of Truly Belong magazine. Micah is a dual-qualified lawyer with unrivaled acumen and experience in the investment immigration industry. We have invited Micah on this show to specifically discuss the Belong magazine as it releases its eighth issue titled Migration and Movement. But first, some CBI highlights and updates from this week. Firstly, in his first week in office, US President Joseph Biden has taken a bold step in fulfilling his campaign promise to overhaul the US immigration system by announcing his bill, the US Citizenship Act. The act plans to create a pathway to citizenship for undocumented migrants, fast-track green cards for dreamers, and increase the green card quota for high school immigrants. It is anticipated that nearly 11 million undocumented immigrants may be eligible to normalize their immigration status should the Biden bill become law. Secondly, according to official statistics, Ireland's immigrant investor program saw more than a 300% increase of applications from Hong Kong's wealthy between 2019 and 2020. The IIP was established in 2012 to allow individuals and families from outside the European Union to obtain residency in Ireland in exchange for making an approved investment in the Irish economy. And lastly, a recent survey by CS Global Partners has revealed that the vast majority of passport holders across Africa do not feel their passport is powerful when it comes to travel options. Close to half those surveyed indicated they want increased mobility to stay competitive in business on a global scale. In December 2020, the survey looked at passport holders across African countries, including Ghana, Nigeria, Kenya and Zambia, to better understand whether Africans felt the need for dual citizenship to gain global access. And those are this week's CBI updates. We are very fortunate to have Micah join us on today's episode. Micah started Truly Belong in 2014 for international business people and is soon evolved into a noteworthy platform for those who identify as citizens of the world. Truly Belong has a readership close to 50,000 and is available online at www.trulybelong.com and as a print magazine. Welcome to Plan B, Micah. How are you doing? Hi, Aisha. All is well. Lovely to be chatting with you today on this edition that you and Zara contributed significantly to. Well, thanks for being here. So you took some time out of the industry for a while. What's it like being back to the ever-changing immigration industry landscape now? That's a great question. In many ways, it seems to me that the industry hasn't changed much. Although I've seen um, that there are new programs that have been introduced, and we've also seen, interestingly enough, these programs being shut down or losing credibility as quickly as they started. 
And then, of course, you know, we need to be cognizant of what's happening with the EU and the EU's involvement in European programs. So that'll be quite interesting to see how that all plays out. However, it is wonderful to see that the forerunners of citizenship by investment, such as St. Kitts and Nevis and Dominica, continue to garner the praise for being the best programs around. So I think moving forward, this year is going to be really interesting as we see a shift of our target audience. So I'm quite looking forward to the opportunities that lie ahead. Um, and I look forward to assisting global citizens to make the right choice. Great. So let's talk about Belong. We've often heard you say that Belong is a project close to your heart. Why is that? And what makes this magazine so important to you? So I've always wanted to create a magazine. And even though Belong started out more as a commercial endeavor with the FT to market the Caribbean, it morphed into a platform that allowed us to reach out to like-minded citizens of the world. I chose the title because I love the idea of belonging. You know, the 21st century really challenged our idea of identity. And with different cultures integrating and people shifting from country to country, it's become a personal conflict often when trying to identify where one belongs. So the concept of belonging is quite close to my heart. Um, and as you can imagine, I'm often conflicted about where I belong. This platform is an opportunity to bring individuals from around the world to feel more connected in a community that shares a love for humanity, enjoys travel, and works at being responsible citizens of the world. So I'm gonna share one of Brené Brown's quotes where she says, you know, true belonging doesn't require us to change who we are. It requires us to be who we are. Um, and that belonging is an innate human desire to be part of something larger than us. And I think that what we try and put across in this magazine is a way to encapsulate the above thoughts. That is a beautiful quote, I must say. So can you tell us more about this particular issue? We understand that the theme is migration and some industry publications have moved away from the concept of mobility during this pandemic. So what is the significance of having this theme now? So as you mentioned, this issue obviously does center around the theme of movement and migration. It delves into various aspects of migration and mobility and also looks at the past so we can understand some of the more human stories where people have been deeply affected by my migration. I think in answer to your question regarding whether this is significant, uh, let me confirm that the pandemic has not curtailed migration. It may have slowed it down. In fact, migration occurs regardless of what regional or global crises may exist. If you read the magazine, you'll see most mass migrations have been caused by unrest and catastrophes. So I believe the topic is extremely relevant right now. And reading stories about others' plights helps us realize, despite the burden of COVID, we actually continue to be more fortunate at this time. And I believe that this pandemic, uh, we will see an increased migration in the next year or two as people grapple with where is safest to live. So speaking more conceptually, I'd say the idea of movement is not only about the movement of people, but also the movement of ideologies. And in 2020, COVID or no COVID, we've seen many social movements, be it protesting for social and racial equality, or raising a voice in view of climate change, or to the shift in political powers. So it's been significant here as the pandemic has exposed the wounds of the world and given many a voice and a renewed sense of hope. So I strongly believe the content of our magazine is more relevant now than ever, 
because people are trying to find ways in this pandemic to still be able to move, to connect, to find where they belong. Absolutely. And this is the eighth edition of the magazine. Though past editions of the publication have had their personalised themes, there is one component present in all. One of a citizen of the world. Something you talk about quite often. Tell me, why is that so important? So often the idea of being a global citizen is akin with being wealthy, flying on private jets and donning on expensive labels. And, you know, I'd really like to challenge that idea because I believe we are all citizens of the world. So as the world shrunk due to ease of travel and technological advances, we've moved closer together as human beings across the globe, and therefore we are responsible for each other and for the planet. So being a citizen of the world is so much greater. It means being part of the greater whole. Uh, So in the same way that being a citizen of a nation gives you rights, but also it means that you have responsibilities, I would say the same applies, but in a global context. So in each edition, we look at areas that require us to be more responsible, be it towards other human beings or taking better care of our planet. Definitely me too. The magazine ties the citizen of the world concept to having multiple nationalities as well. One of the ways to attain this is through citizenship by investment. So can you tell us more about the intersection of being a citizen of the world and CBI? Well, I'd say citizenship by investment is really a means to an end. So to be truly global, one does need access, freedom and opportunity. And by holding multiple nationalities, it allows one to open up doors to these possibilities. So the advantage of applying for another citizenship through the Citizenship by Investment programs is really um, the opportunity of gaining access to a process that is seamless and relatively quick. So I would really use Citizenship by Investment as a conduit to become a global citizen. And there are many important stories in this magazine. My personal favourite is the one titled Where is Home, where the writer reflects on her ability to belong to just one place. I'm sure many people can relate to this, just like you said. What is your favourite story in the magazine that listeners can look forward to reading? So I have a few favourites. Where is Home is also one of my favourite articles, as it encapsulates the idea of belonging, as I discussed earlier. I feel that this discussion will will escalate over the months and years as we grapple with these multiple identities that we're cultivating. Um, I'm also happy to see your article, Aisha, speaking about humans' effect on animal migration. As global citizens, we have a responsibility to the planet, and perhaps your article will further highlight the need to be more mindful to our ecosystems. Um, Generally, the content in there really offers quite a few facets to the debates of migration, as well as, you know, looking at sort of the current situation and life after COVID as one of the front cover stories indicates. So overall, I think it's quite a hearty read and I do hope that everyone will pick up a copy. And finally, before we let you get back, where and when can listeners find the next issue? So the Truly Belong 8th issue will launch on February the 10th, so next Wednesday. And you will also be able to find uh, a digital version on trulybelong.com. We'll be featuring various stories um, in the magazine on our social um, network. So at Truly Belong on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So better follow us there. So check us out on www.trulybelong.com. 
And those are all of our questions. Thank you so much for joining us today, Micah. We've appreciated all your insight. This concludes our third episode of season three. If you have any topics or questions regarding the upcoming Truly Belong magazine and you would like for us to discuss them on Plan B, let us know and we'll be happy to address them. Now we'd like to ask you, our listeners, what do you think makes someone a citizen of the world? Is it leadership on a large scale? Is it trying to make a global impact for the betterment of humanity? Is it a dual identity? Let us know in the comments. And as promised, before we bid you goodbye, here is how a passport became the most important identification document globally. In Britain, the earliest surviving reference to a safe conduct document appears during Henry V's reign in the Act of Parliament dated 1414. At that time, documents like these could be issued by the King to anyone, whether they were English or not. Foreign nationals even got theirs free of charge, while English subjects had to pay. The monarch did not and still does not need a safe conduct document. In the early 20th century, passports began to be used as we would recognise them today. The first modern British passport, the product of British nationality and status aliens Act 1914, consisted of a single page, folded into eight and held together with a cardboard cover. It was valid for two years and as well as a photograph and a signature, featured a personal description including details such as the shape of the face, complexion and features. Next Wednesday, Ian Edwards, the Managing Director of Sunset Homes and Property Developer of the CBI-sponsored Hilton's Tranquility Beach Resort in Dominica, will be joining us. Remember, you can follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and YouTube to never miss an episode and stay in tune with all things CBI. Until then, if you have any questions about CBI or would like to find out more, please visit www.csglobalpartners.com. Thank you for listening and stay safe. Thank you.